Welcome to Christchurch Manchester Sermon Podcast. CCM is one church that meets every Sunday in various locations across Manchester. For more information about who we are or about our Sunday meetings, please visit www.christchurchmanchester.com. I don't think I ever really introduced myself, so sorry about that, um, if you've wondered who I am. Um, but today we're going to continue the journey through Ezra 8. So if you have a Bible, if you want to get it ready on Ezra 8, um, and while you're doing that, I'm just going to explain what we'll do today. Um, so today's theme is seeking God in everything, and obviously following on our series through Ezra. Um, and there are things that can help us to seek God in everything so that we don't just live with God on a Sunday. And I know most of you don't do that, but um, I think it's so easy to fall into that temptation, isn't it, of just being a Sunday Christian. Um, but there are things we can do in order to seek God so that we live with God 24-7. And I found that some of these things we'll be talking about, I know in my head, but sometimes just forget. Um, and so it's good to be reminded. Um, and so we'll speak through Ezra 8 in the way in which I read my Bible. So there are three ways in which I read my Bible. One is just reading it. Um, no other thoughts go into it. I just, you know, those mornings where you just get up and read it. Um, but then sometimes I go and read it, like when I prepare for sermons, but also sometimes when I read something and I'm like, I'm not sure what this means. Um, and then I would study it more carefully with, um, um, I have a study Bible that has just footnotes of explanations. There's also the study Bible app, which is great. Or um, I think it's the Bible Hub online is incredible to give you more information and a bit of backstory and what does this term mean? Um, so that's really helpful. But then over the last years, I've learned a way um, in another community group um, where we read through the Bible in a year, um, and every week we had to bring three shares. And so you had to ask God, God, what are you saying to me while reading these verses? And sometimes it would just be genealogies, lists of names or rules. Um, but it's incredible to see what God is saying. Um, and so we'll go through Ezra 8 with what I feel like God has prompted me in. Um, and so last week, We've heard, about, we've heard from Sam who had explained that Ezra was a teacher and he knew God's word really well. He knew what God's voice sounded like through scripture. Um, and that's why reading our Bibles is so important because then we learn what the voice of God sounds like. Um, and Ezra was taking the second wave of Israelites back to Jerusalem to build up his people, to teach the word of God. And so at the beginning of Ezra 8, we read a list of names, basically all the ones that had turned up to be the second wave to go to Jerusalem. And then if you want to look at um, verse 15, it starts. So it's I speaking, Ezra speaking. I assembled them at the canal that flows towards Ahava, and we camped there three days. When I checked among the people and the priests, I found no Levites there. So Ezra almost did a count of who's there, who's going to come with me. And so I got prompted by God with this, 
And I feel like God has been asking me, who's missing? The thing that Ezra noticed, I found no Levites there. Why were Levites important? They were the temple servants. So if he was going to go back to Jerusalem um, to teach people about God, one important part was the temple and offerings to God. But for that, you needed Levites who came from a lineage of people who could prove that they had certain ancestries. Um, and he realized, counting through, I don't know how many people exactly there were, but from what I've read, it might be thousands, figuring out the Levites are missing. We shouldn't go back without them. And so if I think about church and if I think about CCM Gorton um, and I think about Cheryl at the welcoming, giving me a hug, I'm like, oh, Cheryl would be missing. I'd be missing that hug or Andy and Beck just seeing you and welcoming you. They'd be missing. Um, I love when Janet and Marion pray, like they'd be missing if they weren't there. And so I was wondering who are the people that are missing in my life? Um, who are the people that drive me towards God, who challenge me, who speak honestly, but also who are the coaches, the cheerleaders in my life? Are there any people missing in my life? And am I intentionally trying to find them? That's what God challenged me on. And then if we continue to read verse 16, so I summoned Eliezer, Ariel, Shemaiah, Elnathan, Jareth, another Elnathan, Nathan, Zechariah, and Meshulam, who were leaders, and Jorib, and another Elnathan, who were men of learning, and I ordered them to go to Ido, the leader in Kasifia. So even though Ezra noticed that there are people missing, he then asked other leaders and released them um, to find the Levites. And again, I feel like God was prompting me in that passage saying, Okay, that's a bit like me finding my mentor here in Manchester. I shared with one random person that I was looking for a mentor. And he was like, oh, I just know someone. He went to that person and asked, hey, would you be willing to meet Anna and see if, if you could be her mentor? And she said, yes. And we met and she's been my mentor. And it's been an incredible journey for me to learn more about myself and learn from her what it means to walk with Jesus. But also, um, Ezra enabled leaders, he equipped leaders, and he released them. And with those leaders, he sent other people. So then I thought in, in my job, my job is um, training and equipping leaders to start youth groups. Okay, we need to make sure we have training leaders who will learn from those in leadership. But even for your different jobs or your lives, it doesn't have to be a job. What are your skills? What are your abilities? And who are you taking with you? So those were the things that God challenged me on. And so for the last days, I'm trying to think through, God, what does that mean for my life? And I think that's incredible. It's a prompt. God uses the Bible as a prompt to talk to us in our life right now. But there's also an invitation, isn't there? Ezra is inviting others. Who can we invite to being part of church, part of our family, um, and the power of invitation is incredible. I still remember the first time Ben and Julia invited me to their house when it was just moving. So, so impactful. You probably don't even understand how. There's power in invitation. And we've all been given unique gifts through which we can uniquely bless others. 
the way in which God flows through us is different than anyone else. Incredible. Um, so then I continue reading. Um, so already it's like an Old Testament book. What can I learn? But there's so much God is speaking to me about. Um, verse 21. So they got the Israelites. They agreed to come. More people were invited in. And then there by the Ahava Canal, I proclaimed a fast so that we might humble ourselves before our God and ask him for a safe journey for us and our children with all our possessions. Has anyone done that before? Before a journey, just praying, God, please be with us, provide for us. Um, I know I've just been to Germany and we had a crossover of borders and we were just praying, please, Lord, let it go smoothly. Um, almost blessing the plans I had already made. I'm not sure what the theology is on that, but um, I'm sure we can identify with, with that. Just saying, God, we need you in this. But then I love the second part. So from verse 22, I was ashamed to ask the king for soldiers and horsemen to protect us from enemies on the road because we had told the king, the gracious hand of our God is on everyone who looks to him, but his great anger is against all who forsake him. So we fasted and petitioned our God about this and he answered our prayer. So we may have all prayed for a journey. Their journey, though, as Sam mentioned last week, was about four months. There might have been bandits and robbers on the street. So maybe slightly different than my driving to Germany. But um, the reason why he didn't want to ask for help is because he was declaring, God, you're good, you're gracious, you're going to protect us. And all of a sudden he had to put that into practice. And I was challenged. Um, by God, just asking me, do I ever declare God in a way that brings me outside of my comfort zone? Do I ever speak about God in a way that then makes me have to act on it, if that makes sense? And I'm not sure I do enough. There is a verse in Ephesians um, that speaks about asking for immeasurably more. And I think my immeasurably more is always what I think is possible. God, can you please do this? This is still possible. When I asked for my house to be sold, it seemed impossible. That's probably one of the few times where I asked for the impossible and um, having it being sold on lockdown day. And it was meant to be sold a couple of days after. Like I've never heard of a sale going through early while purchasing or selling a house. So that was incredible, mind blowing. And you know, like I was on fire for the weeks after, but then so quickly I forgot that God had done this miracle. So how can we help us um, to speak so much of God that we have to step out of our comfort zone? So we need one another for that. And so Ezra did that and then was ashamed to ask for help, but it also meant they fasted together. I don't know how often you fasted. I probably don't do it enough, but it's almost not, well, I guess back in the day, they wouldn't cook, but use that time to seek God and to pray to God. And cooking took a longer amount of time. So for us, it might be cooking and it might be social media because we've spent so much time on it. It might be something else. How can we use that time differently and spend it with God to seek him, to try and hear his voice? What is he saying about the different conversations? So again, I feel like I'm just learning as I'm reading this about so many areas of my life. I'm like, oh, fasting. Have I ever fasted? There are some big things in my life that I need to pray about right now. 
maybe I should just fast and just see God and sit in silence and enjoy his presence and see what he has to say and then ask for the impossible. Maybe there are situations for you where that is exactly what you have to do right now. The priests to weigh out the gold and silver for the offerings that are to come. Um, I hope I didn't cut out there. Um, so Ezra is instructing the priests to measure the, the gold and silver for the offering for once they get to Jerusalem which I think is amazing. They measured before they leave. And then um, he tells them, guard this, you'll need this. But on verse 35, it's, sorry, 31. Um, so on the 12th day of the first month, we set out from the Ava Canal to go to Jerusalem. The hand of our God was on us and he protected us from enemies and bandits along the way. Praise God. The hand, uh, so we arrived in Jerusalem where we rested three days. So I would have thought reading this, it's like they are ready to go. They wait out the articles, ready to praise God. But the first thing they did is rest. How many of us have gone through lockdown through the coronavirus season without resting? And yet they did a four month journey. And the first thing they did wasn't praise God, wasn't to go to the temple, wasn't pick up the axe and build up the city. It was to rest for three days. And then verse 33, on the fourth day in the house of our God, we weighed out the silver and gold. And then they brought all that to God. And they brought sac burnt sacrifices and offerings on the fourth day, not the first. And God was saying like, is there a time where you just have to stop and where you have to rest rather than keep going? You can honor me, you can seek me in a place of rest. And actually you make better decisions from a place of rest. So just to sum up what we've just read and the things that I think we can learn from this is that seeking God in everything enables us to hear God's voice 24 seven. And so the things that we've learned from Ezra is by reading and knowing God's word, Ezra was a teacher of the law. He knew what God's word said. That's why he knew that the, the Levites were missing. We need to be surrounded by other people who can help us. Fasting, taking time to just say, God, I'm going to put you first. The crazy thing is, well, if I'm headed out to a four month journey, I would not fast. I'm like, let me eat as much as I can. So I'm not starving on the road. But they said, no, God, you're the most important thing. We trust you. We rely on you. And then as they come back, resting, are we resting? So we hear God's voice clearly. So we're able to say no to any temptations. And then worship and prayer, coming from a rest of praise, declaring, God, you've done incredible things. Let us remind ourselves of that. And I think through these things, we're setting ourselves up to hear God 24-7. And I myself have to be reminded of them constantly. I know I've heard God's voice in the past quite clearly. And fun things that happen to me are, 
when I'm like, oh, I really want blueberries. I've invited someone for breakfast and I'm like, oh, there's no way they're going to bring that for breakfast. So I buy them. But I felt like God was saying, no, I'm going to provide them. Guess what? That person turned up with blueberries. And I'm like, oh, here we go. Thank you, God, I guess. But I didn't listen. And so just recently, um, after having a, a bit of a period where I haven't heard from God as much or haven't, yeah, just had as many prompts, um, I saw a reduced chicken and I was supposed to go to Dan's um, for lunch and he was going to make it. I was like, my flatmate and I aren't going to eat that, a whole chicken. So why would I buy a reduced chicken? Dan probably has something else in mind. Guess what? I didn't buy it. Uh, later that day, he's like, oh, can you bring a whole chicken? I'm like, no way. He's asking for a whole chicken. I went back to the store and it was gone. But, you know, it's just that reminder of God is still speaking to me. And I knew it was God because I'd experienced him in the past. Um, and that's more random thing. But he wants to be involved in the small things, not just the big life decisions. So I thought to finish off, and I know that there might have been quite a lot. Um, and this is just how my mind works. This is how I read. This is how I connect with God. Um, and hopefully that was helpful, but we're going to take a 30 second silence. We're going to ask God, God, what are you saying to me? And it doesn't even have to be related to what I said, but God wants to speak to all of us. He wants us to seek him 24 seven, to be with him 24 seven. That's what Sam, I think last week said, that Ezra was there to build up the people of God. And the King of Kings calls us into his business to administer justice, to make him known. And in order to do that, we need to know him. That's his greatest gift. So let me pray. Then I invite you to just listen and see what thoughts come to your head. And then I'll finish off and pass back over to Ben and Julia. So Jesus, thank you. Thank you that you speak to us. And right now, God, I just ask that you would speak to us individually, Lord. What do you have to say to us? Take away all the distractions from our minds and let your voice be clear, Jesus. Yeah, Father, I just pray that you would help us to seek you, to try and listen to you, to hear your voice. 
God, that we may honour you and bring you praise, but also that we may live life to the full with you. Thank you, Jesus, that you are for us and that you are with us. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen.